millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Billboard Chart Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. And this is where we look at why what's on the charts is on the charts. And we're just going to get right into this week's podcast because we have special guests, Florida Georgia Line on the Billboard Chart Podcast this week. Really cool. Uh, they joined Billboard's Nashville-based senior chart manager, Jim Asker, and BMLG Records president, Jimmy Harnan. And uh, if that name sounds familiar, uh, he had a top 10, a Hot 100 hit in 1989, Where Are You Now? A great song. So uh, they're going to chat all things FGL this week. Okay, fun fact, if you don't know what BMLG is... Gary should maybe explain that. Well, it is technically the name of the label, but uh, sure, uh, Big Machine Label Group. Hey, so if you're a fan of all the Swifties out there, of course, big fans of Big Machine, I'm sure, since that is her label, now you know. Yeah, so uh, Florida Georgia Line has been enjoying their biggest career hits so far. I think of all the hits they've had, uh, this is the biggest one so far, meant to be, with BB Rexa hit number two on the Hot 100. It's led uh, the Hot Country Songs chart for 27 weeks and counting its entire run on the chart. And uh, this week, their new single called Simple debuts at number 24 in Country Airplay. So uh, another follow-up already uh, on the way, uh, doing really well from the start. So uh, we're going to get uh, the latest directly from Tyler Hubbard and Brian Kelly, Florida Georgia Line, coming up. And while we're talking all things Nashville, uh, I want to give a shout out. I was in Nashville recently uh, and met up with a loyal listener of the podcast who just wanted to say, hey, chat about it for a minute. So shout out to... Uh, I'll say officially friend of the podcast, Claire. Shout out to her, who uh, also she worked with, with Keith Urban's team down there in Nashville. So very in tune with uh, music culture, of course, country culture, Charbeat podcast. So uh, thanks, Claire, for, for listening and your continued support. Trevor doing the uh, the National Charpy Podcast Tour, going out to meet fans. That's it. You know, um, I'm just saying, you know, drop us a message. If we're in a city near you. Where will you be appearing next, Trevor? Um, I'll be in New York. Residency here in New York. Yeah, yeah, we'll have yeah, we'll have a continued uh, couple months coming up. Maybe if you're in Houston, that'll be a great place to catch us. You know, during the holidays. Um, maybe we'll do a little international breaking out as well. So uh, stay tuned. You know, we're gonna have uh, dates and, and ticket prices on sale soon. So All be right. sure to check it out. Check check your website for tour dates. Exactly. 
All right. Uh, coming up also on the podcast, as always, uh, we'll run down the top 10 of the latest Billboard Hot 100. And uh, what are we flashing back to? We're going to be looking at two songs that were hitting number one this time of year. A few years back, both of them have a, a fun fact in common. They're both remakes of number one hits that themselves got to number one. So uh, we'll play a little game. Those songs who are lucky enough to have been number one in two different versions. There's only a handful of them. And given the lack of covers and remakes we're seeing these days, might be one of those groups on the charts that never gets another member. Uh, that's coming up right now this week's top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Number 10. Number nine. Number What they gave me, did all the favors, they never repay me. It worked in my favor, cause nobody said Brand new whip, got six. no keys. Tell my clothes, no stash, please. Soon as I nut, you can go leave. Got M's in the bank, like yes, indeed. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? Number five. I'm losing my mind just a little. So why don't you just meet me in the middle? This is America. Got you slipping up. Number four. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. God's plan. God's plan. Number three. I hold back sometimes I won't. Yeah. I feel good sometimes I don't. Hey, no. I finesse down Western Road. Hey, next. And number one. You got a hundred bands. You got a baby bands. You got some bad friends. High school pics. You was even bad then. You ain't stressing off no lover in the past. There you have it. Number one, once again this week on the Billboard Hot 100, Drake's Nice For What holding down in the top spot uh, for a sixth total week. Drake fans, of course, will remember that the song debuted at number one a little while back, had four weeks on top, so had a nice month there, was knocked out of the top spot by Childish Gambino's This Is America, and Drake said, I'm not done just yet, knocked Gambino out of the spot and is back there for a sixth total week. Now, with this sixth week that he has for Nice For What, Drake uh, ties a legendary icon in terms of career weeks at number one. We're talking the one, the only king of pop, Michael Jackson. So Drake and Michael Jackson now have each topped the Billboard Hot 100 for a total of 37 weeks in their careers. Uh, among solo male artists, that is good enough for second place. 
they're both 10 weeks behind our friend Usher, who in his career has spent 47 weeks on top. Look for Drake to break that next week. Passing Michael Jackson, you mean? Uh, can't get 10 weeks. Yeah, you can, Yeah, you can't get 10 weeks in a week. Um, Drake almost could, I feel like. Very possible, maybe likely, maybe certain Yeah, I, that Drake will pass Michael Jackson next week. Yeah, you know, uh, Post Malone made a pretty good jump this week, back up to number two. It's peak with uh, Psycho. Uh, was on sale for 69 cents at iTunes, but uh, Airplay... Still is on sale for 69 yeah. cents at iTunes. Uh, Airplay is really building uh, pretty well. So is Airplay for Nice for What, but a pretty close race at number uh, one and number two this week. So uh, there is a chance Post Malone could get to number one next week. So it's not a lock for Drake. He has a new song out that also debuts on the Hot 100 this week, the song I'm Upset, debuting at number 19. So to give the full Drake standings uh, in the top 20 this week, we've got Nice For What number one, we've got God's Plan at number three, we've got the song Yes Indeed, which is a collaboration with Lil Baby at number six. Uh, you look down a little further, you've got a former top 10 hit in Look Alive, which is Blockboy JB featuring Drake, holding this week at number 12. Go down two more spots, you'll see Walk It Talk It, a collab he has with Migos out. And then at number 19, I'm Upset. So Drake with six songs in the top 20 of the Hot 100 at once. If you're thinking that might be a lot, that's because it is a lot. Only three other artists uh, have had six songs in the top 20 in any given week. We'll start, of course, with the, the oldest of those acts, and if you're a fan of chart history or really of music, you know a very good place to start with any chart record is the Beatles, and the Beatles, indeed, were the first artists to do this, uh, to have six songs in the top 20 of the Hot 100 at once. Believe it or not, for, for some of the huge chart stands out there, it actually was not the week of April 4th, 1964, which, of course, goes down in Hot 100 history as the Beatles had the entire top five that week. Numbers one, two, three, four, five, all Beatles songs, but there was actually no Beatles song between numbers six and 20 that week. You would think, of course, with how big they were, obviously, Beatlemania at its height on the charts. And then it actually didn't happen again until this year. Uh, now three artists have done that just in the last uh, few weeks. J. Cole had six in the top 20 at one point, and Post Malone set the record. He had nine of the entire top 20, and now Drake has six. So as streaming keeps getting bigger, we're seeing that uh, starting to become yeah, much more common. You know, yes, you can just blow up the chart with, with some one-week kind of hits with huge streams, but for Drake to have enough time, not only just in terms of streaming, but at radio as well, and, and making this all come together and creating a demand where people aren't oversaturated by Drake, that's yeah that's all good uh actually we've got more drake how about uh, one more thing from drake just just when we thought we were done uh songs of the summer chart is back this week our annual uh memorial day to labor day chart ranking the biggest hits of the summer so uh that first week always mirrors the top uh, part of the hot 100 so uh drake obviously number one to start the songs of the summer chart with uh, nice for what uh, last year despacito really wasn't much uh suspense throughout the summer it led start to finish uh kind of interesting i'm not sure that Nice for what will be this year's winner just because it's been out for a little bit now? Does it have uh, another uh, a few months uh, to be uh, that big? Uh, not going to fall apart. Obviously, it'll be high on the list. But uh, whereas Despacito was just getting to number one as the summer started last year, uh, Nice for What's already been number one for six weeks. So it uh, seems like we're going to have a little bit more of a race uh, for this summer's uh, top song. Yeah, and in particular, you know, we've got so many projects coming up. 
Um, I mean, kind of started, I think, last week. People were looking at the Pusha T album as maybe sort of the, the first in a wave. We know Kanye West's new album is out. Yay, we know Nicki Minaj is coming uh, a little late in the summer, but she'll still be around for her new album uh, at the top of August. Queen, of course, Drake is coming at some point in June with, with, with his Scorpion project, which will probably have you know a couple hit singles on it. So there's still some, some time to be shaken up. I think some of these songs at the top of the chart maybe. You know, there's not really one that's that's bounding up. We're kind of kind of missing that. So this is a good time for somebody to really, you know, make some huge moves, some huge steps up the chart. Yeah, and you look at uh, last year, Despacito. Nobody would have guessed that uh, Louis Ponzi and Daddy Yankee at the beginning of the year would have the number one song of the summer. If you go back to with some help from uh, from a friend, <laughs> uh, if you go back to 2015, Omi kind of came out of nowhere with Cheerleader. Uh, 2014, it was uh, Iggy Azalea's uh, debut at Fancy. So uh, we've seen uh, recent years. Song of the Summer really could come out of nowhere. So uh, we got time. We'll see what happens over the next three months. All right. Let's uh, get into this week's uh, interview with Florida Georgia Line. So excited to have him on the Billboard Sharpie podcast again with uh, BMLG Records president Jimmy Harnan and Billboard's Nashville-based senior chart manager Jim Asker uh, talking all about Florida Georgia Line's new song, Simple, a new album coming out, uh, of course, the success of Meant to Be, and uh, really so much more. So uh, really excited to have Tyler Hubbard and Brian Kelly, along with Jimmy Harnan and Jim Asker, on the Billboard Sharpie podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Baby, lay on back and relax. Kick your pretty feet up on my dash. No need to go nowhere fast. Let's enjoy right here where we at. Hey everyone, it's Jim Asker from Billboard on the Chart Beat Podcast, and I'm really excited today because I have Tyler and Brian, Florida Georgia Line. Hey, hey, hey what's going on? How are, how are we? And the one and only Jimmy Harnan, who is the executive vice president of the Big Machine Label Group and president of BMLG Records. Did yes, I get sir. that right? Yes. I feel like I know you guys well because I've been writing about you every week for like the past year. <laughs> Between Holy and Meant to Be, one number one for 18 weeks, a semi-hit, Holy, mm -hmm. and Meant to Be now 27 weeks in, and official now is 27 weeks. Um, How are we looking for next week? Still with a pretty good-sized league. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Kane Brown has been stuck at two for um, a long time. Heaven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, That's a great song. Of course, we're all fans of Kane. And I just want to start with, with a, just a couple of stats to get into this, okay? Please. This chart was launched in 1958. That's how old it is. 
And the longest running songs are Sam's Body, 34 Weeks, Meant to Be, now 27 Weeks, Cruise, 24 Weeks, Walk On By, Leroy Van Dyke, from 1961, 19 Weeks, and then Holy, 18 Weeks. So you have three of the top five longest running songs on Hot Country Songs. It went to a hybrid chart in 2012, so it includes digital streaming and airplay. We feel like those are the real hits. It went to number two on the all-genre Hot 100, by the way, meant to be. Wow. I was in there rooting for you to get to number one, but number two is amazing. The last one was uh, Lady Antebellum, Need You Now, for a duo or a group. It is awesome. When you guys launched Meant to Be, how did it come about, first of all? The collaboration with BB Rexa? It was pretty organic. We were out in LA uh, doing some rides out there. We like to go out there a couple times a year. And uh, we met her. She she came in the studio one night and uh, <clears throat> kind of unexpected. Uh, it was uh, Are you meeting her for the first time then? Yes, sir. And uh-huh. she came in and uh, pretty much got right to it. We knew we knew we were uh, on to on to something pretty quick. And uh, it was a, just a special night. We we were at dinner and honestly didn't know didn't know we were going to have a second right that day. And uh, Rumor has it she didn't even know she was coming in to write a song. She just thought she was coming to hang with us. But anyways, we And for the average we fan, came to second work. write means you're getting together for a writing session. Right, right. Okay. So we but that's not uh that's not really how we how we like to do things. So we uh we started writing pretty quickly and uh knew we were on something special and uh that song had a different life. It was it was on her EP. She released it uh, on her EP and um and then it was out on Spotify and and kind of created its own traction and created a life for itself and next thing you know it's it's her single and our single and everybody else is you know single all over the world and it's uh it's just a really really cool song just to see uh the power of a the power of a good good team and a great song and you know the power of streaming world now it's awesome it is a great song um it's held up this long it still sounds great brian was there any worry from you guys about putting this out to country initially then i want to get jimmy's take on it uh, honestly, not really. I mean, I think we all could agree from even when she released it, it was, you know, kind of a country song. So it felt like the doors have already been open for that to happen, you know, with the Backstreet Boys and, um, you know, just where, where how country radio sounds, it fits right in. You know, mm-hmm. and it also kind of leads the way. Um, so it felt like a country song. So we were excited about it. It, it was exciting to kind of hit that transition and see, all right, let's run it up the pop charts. Let's run it up the country charts. And, uh, you know, the fans wanted it, and uh, it was just resonating. We could tell at the live shows, man, it, it felt like Cruise. It felt like the, mm-hmm. you know, as big the way uh, people were singing, you know, their hearts out. So um, kind of get those, you, you, you get you go with your gut, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, it usually is right. So. Jimmy, how about you in the very beginning of this You know, I got to give big props to Seth England, their manager, because he pointed out to me early, we were watching it, you know, it was trending globally. It was big, you know, big in the United States, a lot of streaming, a lot of activity, and we just kept watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, these guys always make great music. It's always balanced. They're going to push boundaries like any great artist do. They're going to go a little left. They're going to go a little right back to the center. And this was one of those songs that just felt really good. And we were sitting in a meeting. We had Smooth as the current single. Yeah. And we always try to be consumer-facing, not industry-facing. It's all about the fans and the consumers. Uh, that song, we felt, was not reacting to the level we were hoping it would do. And we got off of it. And that's a pretty bold move, but we saw what was going on with this. And you know, he, he, Scotty B was at the table, and he it was actually Scott's idea. He said, he goes, let's just go. Do you want to go? And I said, let's go. And at that moment, we flipped. 
And we got a little grief in the beginning, like, well, this one was just starting to test. And we said, yeah, but it really wasn't streaming. It wasn't selling to the level that we want FGL to perform at. And this, this you know, Monty Lippman has a great, uh, a great line. Monty, he said, who is? He's a president of Republic in New York and a dear friend of all of ours. And he said, sometimes you have to listen with your eyes. And when we looked at that song, there was no way to deny it. So you give the people what they want, and that's what they wanted. And here we are 27 weeks later. You know, I'm a former programmer. Jimmy used to, that was his first job. I was one of his stations. And mm -hmm. I remember him calling me one time, the Toby Keith record I had in heavy. And he said, we're switching singles. And I was like, no, I'm not getting off this one. <laughs> I can't remember what well, song it was. It was when Love Fades was out and Toby turned in three songs. And then the fourth song he turned in was How Do You Like Me Now? Right. Oh, yeah. And that was I, a monster. So I was taking around the Northeast playing it for everybody. And Scott, okay, I was working for Scott. And he said, don't be playing that other song. He said, we're on this single. And then uh, we switched. Hmm. And that was another, that move probably that Stroud and Scott did probably save DreamWorks at the day. I, I said I'm not switching. And he wouldn't get off the phone until I finally agreed to it. Um, so that was, that was a big <laughs> song for neck. Him. Oh yeah, but there were a few traditional country music leaning stations that, uh, to me, if I was a programmer, it sounds like a right down the middle FGL song. You know, play it. Uh, but there were some traditional leaning stations that did not that held out to the very end, right? Yeah, we've even had programmers who program CHR, I'm sorry, Top 40, uh, and Country Concurrently. And one gentleman said, he goes, listen, I love it for my Top 40 station. I just can't play it on both. And that was his opinion, and I think you actually talked to, to the gentleman. I was going to ask you if you would call, like, if I wasn't playing it, would you call me? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. I mean, what, what does somebody say to you? I don't know. I think we just take the approach of uh, we're trying to better understand what mm -hmm. you want from us, you know, and we feel like we're trying to, we're giving y'all our best. And this is a FGL country song. And, you know, if you guys aren't playing it, we want to know why, because we're actually creators and we're, the, we're, we're back, we're back in Nashville on the road, writing, writing songs every day. And so we want to know what the, what the PDs and what the fans are wanting. So I think, uh, you know, those phone calls went out and it was just out of respect, you know, and more than anything and trying to understand, yeah. uh, understand how we can better serve this format because country music is where is where we want to live. You know, we also want to be global. We want to expand this genre to the whole world. And I think that's also something that we explain to the PDs in the phone call is, is uh, the fact that they kind of have the power and the privilege to kind of expand this genre. So you guys do a great job of embracing the genre. You make no bones about it that you're country artist right brian man i i don't think there's anything cooler than being a country artist to be honest with you that's what we grew up on that's 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 the seed that's the that's the the blossom the bloom whatever you want to call it man that this is our home and so like tyler said anything we can go left we can go right we can show what we do with our artistry and, and how we write and, and be creative but uh Man, the heart of it is country music. I mean, I grew up wanting to be Garth Brooks or Tim McGraw and, and Neil McCoy. When I heard Wink, see ya. You know, Alan Jackson, uh, Alabama, Tyler, the same thing. So, you know, I was walking down our driveway a couple years ago, and you know, we were having success, and um, some articles were written that were really positive. And I, I giggled, man, because it's hard for you to look at yourself like this, but I was walking the dogs on the driveway, and I was like, man, I'm a country music singer. Hell Yeah. And that's cool, man, to own that and to be in it. Like, gets, it gets me, like, emotional a little bit. It's cool, man. It's Dreams come true. I mean, it, I don't, don't want to be anywhere else. Baby, a song you make me want to roll my windows down and cruise. Can we go back to the beginning, how you guys met initially, for anybody who doesn't know? You both went 
Did you both go to Belmont? Yeah, both graduated. And um, so I had a third year writing class when I transferred into Belmont. Mm -hmm. And his roommate at the time was in my class. And we kind of got to know each other. Uh, me and uh, Before you knew Tyler? Yeah, Jason O'Toole. We kind of got to know each other, maybe had an assignment together. He found out that I was kind of writing songs and kind of doing something, making some music. And he let me in that Tyler was kind of doing the same thing. And uh, my first interaction with, was with Tyler. I think I was leading a worship service at Belmont. I think you came up to me and uh, we met. I don't know what you said. I feel like I'm supposed to meet you and say hi. And we kind of became friends. And I was playing baseball at the time, trying to finish school. And um, so. And you were a good ball player, right? I was pretty good. And uh, I needed a little bit extra credit. I, I, I kind of lied about it, but he was playing a songwriter's. Uh, was it like a songwriter competition? And I told my baseball coach, I was like, hey, I got to go get like two, one more hour of, of credit so I can, you know, pass my class. So I went to go watch him. And um, I, I, I was like, man, he's got it. I get him. He, he, he feels like he's doing what I'm doing. I feel like we could be cool. And so we just kind of started hanging out, man, drinking beer, writing songs, literally all summer. I had graduated and he graduated in August. And man, it was just a summer of getting to know each other, becoming brothers. Did you feel that you immediately know? too, Tyler? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wrote a lot of songs, started uh, every time we were hanging out, we were writing a song, and pretty soon after we graduated, we both decided, I mean, we, we had started playing writer's rounds around town, and, uh, you know, usually shared a stage with a couple other writers, but that was kind of the only stage experience that we uh, that we were having, you know, that far writing songs and playing writer's rounds, and then we just decided, let's, let's pack up uh, my little car detailing trailer every weekend and get in your Tahoe and hit the road. Is that what you were doing? Detailing uh, cars? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And so then and we... And golf carts. Yeah, I did. I, I rebuilt some golf carts back in my day. We did some random jobs. I'm not going to lie. But, Good for uh, you. That's Put awesome. up bathroom stalls, bathroom accessories. I did the whole Magnolia Hall, all three floors at uh, at Opryland after See, the flood. probably gives you a lot of respect for the guys working for you then. The no crew, doubt. Right? No doubt. Jimmy, how did you meet these guys for the first time? I was thinking about that as I was walking down here. Um, the first person that brought them to our attention was Joe Jamie Har, who's now over Broken Bow. She was the Southeast for uh, Valerie at the time, and she heard it. And and then I, and her and Allison, I mean, Allison is, uh, Jones, the head of A&R, they both heard it at the same time or, or close to it. And they gave me that EP. And I was going on my 20-year... Do you remember uh, the first song you heard? Tip It Back. And there were some radio stations playing that. And um, so it was... And then Monty was way into it early. Tom McKay was into it way early. Um, but I'll be honest with you. We, I was a little fearful because we had a band called Fast Ride. And it was kind of doing what you were doing. No disrespect to Fast Ride, but nowhere near your level of, of greatness. But they were kind of going at that. And we got killed at radio with that record. So we were a little apprehensive, like, going, okay, we just went out and pushed the envelope a little bit, and we got beat. So, again, the first time I heard that, Monty Lippman called me, and uh, he said, you know, he, he calls me the professor, and he goes, he goes, you're always giving me numbers and stats. He goes, sometimes you got to listen with your eyes. And I went home, I went to bed, 3 o'clock in the morning I woke up, and I said, am I going to be that guy that passed on Hootie and the Blowfish. I woke up, called Scott. I said, give me the jet. I want to go see them. And was it Evansville? What was that? Was that? Yeah. And I said... Then I, I say it. that to my boss often. So <laughs> give me the jet. Gas up the jet. We're going to see the boys. <laughs> well, then, I, then I realized it was easier to drive. It was easier to drive there. So I got there, and I'm thinking, okay, make sure I'm looking cool. So I all black clothes. It was 124 degrees on the field. And we did... Hargis showed up. Showed up, yeah. I was and, like, is that Jimmy's son? I don't know who that... <laughs> why does they look like they just got off the plane? And they they might have just played golf before they came to see us. And so 
everybody's under the table and I'm like, I got to go in the front row because I said, all these guys are sitting at the table under this tent where it was hot. I'm like, dang it. I'm going on the front row. I turn my head around, sit in the front row and I, we never looked back. You were probably talking to other labels. Did you trust him immediately, them immediately? Nah. No. <laughs> nah. <laughs> you still don't. Nah, anybody with a record label at the time, we didn't trust them. Uh, so we, but we made that apparent. I think we, we were real transparent with how we felt right away. And we did click though. And we connected real quick. So, uh, Jimmy's no. one of these guys that when you meet him the first time, you feel like you've known him. Yeah. Right? I mean, we yeah, knew really no quick that it was, it was a family for us and who we wanted to, uh, you know, kind of partner up with and team up with and try to continue this, you know, this journey that we were already on, but it definitely was just getting started, you know. And How did y'all come up with Cruise as the, the launch? Well, it was, it was on. Like the it, was, yeah, it, was it was on. already being played. Well, yeah. John Marks mm-hmm. at SiriusXM, we got to give him a ton of credit. He was the first one to play it. And that was the first thing that ever broke out like that. So that was another thing on the label side. We're like going, okay, satellite radio. Will terrestrial radio behave the same way as satellite? Because there's two very different consumers. This is 2012. Absolutely. Yeah. Six yeah. years ago. So That was way before streaming. That wasn't even a streaming, if you think about it. And they were in the country. I still had Blackberry. Yeah, you did. (laughs) With the antenna. (laughs) But they were on the country throwdown tour just killing it. They would show up, uh, set your own gear up, right? Mm -hmm. Play, then cook barbecue, right? Yeah. And then come meet people. And they, like, every day all... We were the barbecue barbecue band, and we were driving ourselves in our uh, 15-passenger, you know, church van, pulling, pulling the barbecue around the whole country. So through the night, we'd have to drive. We were the only band on the tour that wasn't on a bus. And and so we had to actually load our gear onto one of the tour semis, so, because we didn't have a trailer because we had to pull the the grill. Mm-hmm. And when we got done playing every night, we had to cook for the whole tour. Pork and, or beef? Uh, man, we hot dogs, hamburgers, a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, our go-to was a good yeah. hot dog hamburger. But we threw the party and we cooked the food and everybody knew where it was at after at the you know after everybody loaded out. But so it was fun and, and we you loved would do this it, every show, yeah. every single show. Oh yeah. Which sounds it crazy for now. everyone. Yeah. Everybody. And it was Our so, band definitely helped it. us. We had yeah, some it was good, a band. It was good, a team uh, Some good help. But it, it was fun, man. We'd break off. Me and Tyler would go to the store some days, break off. Uh, sometimes it'd be band guys, but we try to do it ourselves and go shopping. Literally grab it ourselves, get our hands on it. That's and awesome. pick it out. You and, know how married couples, sometimes you look back and you think you, you were happier when you were poor? You know, uh, the, the the first days when you were close and doing everything together. Well, it, oh, yeah, that, that part, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the poor part, but... Uh, <laughs> no, but... No, you know, I can't say it for sure. It's definitely nostalgic. Do you and, miss uh, it at all? Those kind of... Uh, I'm thankful for it. I am I'm definitely. thankful that we laid the groundwork and the foundation. Uh, my dad always used to say, you know, um, sometimes you got to do what you don't want to do to get to... You, you, you got to do what you have to do to get to where you can do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we did everything. We literally did everything. We would play shows, shake hands. We sh- shake in so many hands and, and meet our fans and, and just do it all, man. And so, and you still do, we still do, but I mean, you know, it's just, uh, laying that groundwork, man, that foundation of, of trying to win fans over, you know, I think we knew that that hard work was going to pay off. Like yeah. we, there wasn't a question in our mind. So, it was just a matter of how hard are we going to work. The harder we work, the faster we're going to get there. And in 2012, you had to go out and shake hands at radio, meet all the radio people, right? We uh, did, did like a mini. They did a few. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't do a Honestly, BK and I back then on the 30 on tour, we'd get off stage, load our gear, and then we'd lined up and, and signed autographs for as long as the line went. And so we'd... It, that was we'd when Cruz was taking off. Lines. So we, we'd stand out in the sun and sign autographs <laughs> for probably two or three hours. 
Uh, so that was kind of before the radio day. I mean, that was, we weren't even in the terrestrial, you know, we didn't even have a deal. We, we weren't even, we didn't have the relationships with radio yet. You know, It seemed to happen so fast. Did it seem like that for you? Yeah, very much so. And, uh, and I think the the scarier moment was what was going to be the second single. Yeah, because, you know, you're following up, obviously, one of the biggest songs ever that was just so magnetic. And I remember uh, my person, I said, get your shine on to me. I always said had an elbow. And that means it was yours. Like, it didn't sound like anything else. Well, since 2012... 12 number ones on Country Airplay, 15 top tens. Hot Country Songs, six number ones, 15 top tens. Three number ones on Top Country Albums, one number one on the all-genre Billboard 200. So, And a fourth yeah, album to come. Wow. Yeah. We're announcing the date today oh. uh, of well, the new record. Uh, no, I don't think so. Jensen's over there shaking her head. It's news to me. I don't even know the date. So I'm not calling for station identification. <laughs> I, just want, I want to ask you something really quick about Holy, because I just love that record. And I remember I asked Jimmy, I think, I said, sonically, they really, because I, I do the Christian charts as well. Oh, yeah. I was like, these guys nail that inspirational Christian sound. And I was wondering if it was intentional. And then I went back and, and read how you were got started in the churches. So was that intentional that you gave it that sound? Not really, but I do think that BK and I were intentional on trying to let all of our influences... Just sonically. Influence what, our music. So I'm sure... Just organically, yeah, playing playing for years in church, uh, and and for a couple of years together in church definitely influenced our writing and our overall sound. We can lead some worship now. <laughs> I bet you can. Oh, yeah. BK says if you can lead people to worship, you can lead you can lead them to party too. So, isn't that what you say? Yeah, Something yeah. like that? Yeah. And we always do the big circle before the show. That's right. Oh, yeah. I mean, faith faith is the foundation of this whole thing. Mm. We believe that God put us together. I mean, there's no doubt about it that there, there's there's something much bigger at play making this all happen. We, we I mean, there's no doubt. The team that's around us, the the, the you know the talent. It's not we, nothing we did. It's not by accident. We work hard sure. at our craft and try to get better. But you know. I'm going to tell an abbreviated story in this. But the day we went up to meet them in Evansville, they had their whole room full of people, and I had to walk in and do my pitch. And all they were concerned about We weren't about doing was, much talking. We didn't have any time to talk, but somebody was talking on, on our behalf, I believe. <laughs> but all they were concerned about was their team. And in a room that could have all been about them, they made it all about somebody else. And that was the real reason I went back. I'm like, okay, they have big hearts. And if you have a big heart, you, have, you, know, you live in the right world. And I was, I, I get choked up now talking about it, but that was really... Rock if you need you. to cry, you go ahead, Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> this is the place. This is a safe place. It's a safe, it's a safe, safe place. place. It's like one, two, three, just as easy as can be. Just the way you look at me, you make me smile. Ain't no need to complicate it. We both know that's overrated. We've been there, it's safe to say it ain't our style. It's just that simple, S I N P L E. Simple as can be. It's just that simple, S I N P L E. Simple as can be. talk about the new record oh uh, yeah it debuted at number 24 on the country airplay chart this week simple we're Ooh. talking about um tremendous single uh, jimmy played it for silvio and i one night at dinner and um has that kind of an americana feel a little bit i'm sure you've heard that already a million times but 
in a more traditional country sound a little bit with banjos and and so tell us about the song yeah man it, it, you kind of nailed it i mean it's just a little something uh something fresh for us it's a song we actually wrote a year ago so it's been around for a while we've kind of been sitting on it but uh you know we wrote it while we were on the road in the back of the tree vibes bus which is our publishing company that uh that has a tour bus that we pretty much a studio on wheels and so uh so we're fortunate enough to be and I to get to bring some some of our writers out and uh hang out and get to write so that's where that song was born and uh we got together again in the studio uh with joey our producer and kind of um kind of brought it to life even more and kind of made some tweaks on it and tried to make it as good as possible but yeah we just uh it just lended itself to kind of to kind of go in that way with the organic feel and uh more americana if you will but it, i think it's just a good feel good summer jam that's also a good reminder for us and everybody that's listening to it just to kind of get back to the the basics and the simple things in life and uh, kind of be present and not get too distracted and just uh you know, it's just it feels like the right time for this song and something that BK and I are super excited about. And you guys co-wrote it with, we did with a couple of buddies, Michael Hardy and uh, Mark, Mark Holman. Holman. Mm-hmm. So. I don't think it's much. You know, people say it's like a change of direction. I don't think it's it's necessarily that. It's just a, something else that we do. You know, I think it, I think it works for FGL, and and that's you know hopefully that's the goal. Every time you, you turn on an FGL song, it sounds like FGL it shouldn't sound out of place, and I think. Hopefully we did that. You know? Even the single you do with the Backstreet Boys, it has a real country feel to it. Um, it's beautiful. It's a great song. Yeah. Um, and Jimmy, how's the response to this? Is just fantastic. And you know, it, it, I've had the the, the uh, blessing of hearing eight of the songs, and they're all great. So this is you, you could throw a dart at this record and hit a hit. Yeah, and I know you can't talk too much about the new album, but um, will it come this year? You think? I think we're actually looking into February. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, tour in the spring, so we're kind of going to set up the tour with the with the launch of our album. But we're going to uh, continue to put out new music for the fans, probably a song every month or so until the album uh, oh, comes great. out. So it'll be a uh, steady little feed of FGL freshness, if you will. And Colorado is the second song, also a great song. Oh, yeah. Thank you. We kind of did like, you know, uh, his and hers, one for the guys, one for the girls, simple little love song, although that is pretty much for everybody. And then Colorado, man, that's just a good old jam, good old-fashioned jam, jam time. Yeah. Really an awesome song, so congratulations on that. Jimmy, where, where, how do you strategize with these guys about where to go next? They've done so much in such a short time. Well, I don't think they've messed up yet, so we we follow their gut. Um, I mean, we come in and throw things. Sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong, uh, but they always encourage open dialogue and allow us to speak our piece. I mean, we had little squabbles here and there, but it's like I tell you, husband and wife. I mean, you're you're always when you're passionate about something, music and a career, and you care for the other party so much, you're gonna you know emotions can run high. But they have never Jimmy. missed. And I think when you're all yeah combined, looking for the best idea, it, yeah. people are passionate. You know, yeah. like and that's what it's all about. I don't think it's necessarily with our team who's right. It's just let's get the best idea. Yeah. Let's get the best. Yeah. Plus Jimmy and Jimmy and the team over there. I mean, they're. Whether it's right or wrong, they're they're bringing up really good points, and it's great to have to feel the the partnership and the teamwork, and say, oh man, that's a that's a great thing. We hadn't even thought about that yet, or yeah, that's a great approach on you know single setup or this or that, or uh, it's just fun to do strategy with people that you trust, and uh, you know. Jimmy's not throwing out bad ideas, that's for sure. So we're we're really fortunate. Maybe a bad joke. And if here he is, and if he is, bad, like, bad, bad, bad jokes. Jokes. he's got some jokes in heavy rotation that I've heard in twenty years now. Um, how do you balance? How do y'all balance family and touring and being so busy? You just announced a residency in Las Vegas. You you got a 
Look ahead of the counter goes BK and B. Koloff, yeah. Tyler and Hayley. You're both married. and Just make, make time, you know. I think we both understand and realize the, the importance of balance and family. And, and as hard as we go on the road, writing, creating, and everything like that, you know, we, we still need to balance that out with family and some off time. And time to recharge, man, and make, make all this even better. I love, you know hanging at the beach and, and working and getting inspiration and recharging and being able to take that out on the road and, and that being said, I think it's part of growing up a little bit. You have to make a conscious effort. I mean, if we just wake up You have to it, work at it. Right? Yeah, man. If we just woke up and did exactly what we wanted to do every day, there'd be a lot of things that we uh wouldn't get to and would really be unbalanced pretty quickly, you know, and feel kinda kinda wonky. So I think it's it's fun and it's just part of growing up, learning how to balance, you know, family, faith, your career, your friends, and all the pressures and anxieties that come along with, especially our life, the fast pace, and all the, and also BK and I, the way our brain works, it never stops. I mean, we're always thinking of something new to do. So we've written two songs well. while we've done this podcast. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Could I get a co-write on one of them, yeah, please? Of course. That's why we run here. You definitely get a co-write for that. <laughs> the song, Simple, a great message to get off the grid every now and then. Yeah. Do you still pay a lot of attention to Instagram and those oh. platforms. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. you have to use it for your work. Oh, we, we enjoy it, but, man, when, when you find your neck hurting or, you know, you're uh, you're just on it too you much. You know you have a problem. You know you have a problem. No, but it, I think there's a there's a balance with that, too, and, you know, there's a sense of... I, I, I like to not put too much pressure on myself using social, man. If I feel like doing it for a couple of days in a row or however long I'll do it, if I'm tired of it, don't have anything to post, then I won't do it, you know? So I think just... Doing it to where it's fun and not not overtakes your whole present moment, and you know, I know we all like to capture things and get something in the moment so we can relive that. But there's also something to be said about really, really soaking that moment up too. Being in the moment, I agree with you. Yeah, you guys have become the collaboration kings, kind of. Um, Not kind of. I mean, you are. Um, Is there anybody alive or dead that you would just dream about doing a collaboration with? Elvis. That would have been that would have been oh, really cool. Yeah, that would have been for you, super, Brian. Yeah. How about you, Tyler? Uh, probably Bruno Mars, man. I mean, I know he's relevant and he's alive, but uh, more alive than ever. But he's uh, somebody that we both are obsessed with. We we think he's 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 the best out there. So uh, I think it'd be fun to get in the studio, write with him, and uh, create a song. Be That's fun. great, Jimmy. I who just... would you like to, them to collaborate with? Or yeah. or is there anybody they suggest? And you go, oh boy. No, I think that, you know, the greatest music is the one that has no boundaries. And sometimes the greatest collaborations come when you put two or three people together that you think have no place being in the same room together. And that's, you know, I, I tell that to radio. I go, you can't be derivative. So the only way to, not, way to be derivative is to constantly push the boundaries. It's like exercise, you know, you, you, you keep going until you feel that burn. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't do that. <laughs> um, but um, you have to keep pushing and push is where the great comes in. And they always continue to do that. And that's why they're, they're so good at their craft. What is next that you would like to accomplish, or do you even think that way? Do you just think about putting out great music and letting it fall from there? You know, just trying to write better, try to record better, and and just you know, just up up our game. I mean, more stadium shows, uh, and just just let ourselves naturally evolve. Let it all happen. Try not to rush anything, and just let let everything happen like it's supposed to. I think I think huh? right now it's a cool. We're in a beautiful phase of life right now, and we've got to kind of sit back and. Honestly, like BK said, kind of look at what all God has done and where he's put us. And now to kind of sit back and and sort of just be open-minded and have our eyes open for, you know what, what's the next opportunity God's got in mind? Because he took our little our little dream and blew it up to the, you know, 
our wildest dreams. And, and I don't even think sometimes I don't even know if we know what's coming next. So I think it's fun to work hard, better our craft every day, like BK said, but also don't forget to, to be open-minded and, and let the doors open. So uh, I think we're just excited to see what doors are going to open, where our path is going to go from here. And uh, we're going to keep obviously making music and playing shows, but uh, we're just passionate about life and passionate about what God's doing. So uh, we'll see where that and leads. You're, you're definitely accomplishing it because I meant to be just, I'm not just saying it, it's a great song. Thank and you. the new song, Simple, as soon as Jimmy played it for us, like, wow, this is phenomenal. It's a Thank great you. single. It just really is. I want to tag on to what uh, Tyler said, but there's an old saying that says, you want to make God laugh? Tell him your plans. Yeah. No kidding. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow in there you had time to open a restaurant. That's right. We did. We did. <laughs> the FGL house in downtown Nashville. <clears throat> My cousin was there last night. He's in town, and I, I hooked him up with our, our, our boy Fabiano. He's our VIP Ooh. and uh connoisseur and uh, he had a good time but man it's, it's a place where you know people can go get to know us and uh, have an awesome time and there's four levels of just good vibes good food craft cocktails craft beers probably the most tvs anywhere rooftop bar it's jammed every night. It really is. It really is me and Tyler. You go there, you get to know us, you get to see what we love um, from the architecture and the you know antique sign, vintage signs to the artwork um, a good friend of ours did. And just, you know, we, we, I, it's, it's all about creating for us. I you think so, man. It's hard to say no. I mean, I think so. I'll, absolutely. We, we're looking into a few cities, got a few balls rolling in, in some directions that, you know, cities that we love and feel like. We have a lot of fans there, so uh, we'll see what happens, man. We're excited. Well, Tyler Hubbard, Brian Kelly, Jimmy Harney, congratulations to all of you and all the success. The very first Billboard Trailblazer Award, right? Sylvia, it's the first, right? Congratulations on Thank that. You. That's, That's crazy. Thank you. Um, Thank you so And I really much. appreciate you taking, you all three of you taking the time. It's CMA Music Fest week, so I wish you all a great week. Well, appreciate Thank it, you. Thank you, Jim. Thanks to Red Billboard. Thanks for yeah. your time. And this has been Jim Asker on the Billboard Chart Beat Podcast. Thank you, everyone. But it was meant to be, it'll be. And to wrap up this edition of the Billboard Charby Podcast, we are going to be talking about uh, two songs that hit number one this week that are both part of a very, uh, you know, rare club on the Hot 100. Uh, so the two songs we're talking about, uh, the most recent of the hits, number one hit back in 2001 by the fabulous foursome of not the Beatles, but of who might as well be this generation's Beatles, Christina Aguilera, Pink, Maya, and Lil' Kim. There was only a one-time group, though. The Beatles were an actual group. But they were that iconic. Uh, So we're going to talk about this hit. They did a huge remake of a song that hit number one back in 1975, as done by LaBelle. You know it from the film Moulin Rouge. This is what it sounds like. It's Lady Marmalade. Also this week, if we rewind the clock a little further, going back to 1987, number one this week, a song called You Keep Me Hanging On, not done by the Supremes, Uh, of course the 87 will give that away, but done by Kim Wilde.
Alright, so two songs, very famous, both covers of number one hits, which is a pretty rare honor to have a song go to number one, as done by one artist, and then at some point down the road, another artist covers that song, and not only covers it, but covers it so well that it goes back to number one again. A whole new generation can discover the song and... You know, it kind of gives a weird, like, maybe like a like a date, like a stamp on you. Like, if you know, if you think Lady Marmalade is like the Christina Pink original, and then your parents are like, nah, son, check this out. You're like, whoa, mind blown. So uh, there have actually been nine songs in the Hot 100 history, including those two songs that have been number one, as done by two different artists. Uh, so we're going to run through those nine songs this week, and our friend Gary here is going to help us out. Because Gary, of course, as a Hot 100 wizard, knows the answer and knows all 18 artists who would be responsible for these hits. Literally a pop quiz. So we'll start at the very top. Um, the first song that ever went to number one in two different versions. It went to number one, get this, in 1963 and 1971. Go away, little girl. Yeah. Donny Osmond did the remake. All right, so Donny Osmond did the newer version, quote right. unquote, newer in 1971. Originally done by our friend Steve Lawrence back in 1963. So here's a quick mashup of the two versions of Go Away Little Girl. Second song. Uh, now get this. Gary was so good at the first one. We're going to give him a second chance. Uh, number one in 1962 and number one in 1974. A song written by Jerry Goffin and Carol King. So you're going to be talking uh, the locomotion for this one. This one, of course, is the locomotion done by Grand Funk Railroad. Did the remake? Yeah. So, okay, Gary knows the new school ones. Oh, 1974, uh, the yeah. year Gary was born. Uh, Lil Eva. And Lil Eva. Okay, can we clap for Gary? Before we uh, move on from uh, the locomotion, almost got to number one for a third time. It's never happened before. Uh, Kylie Minogue's version, 1988, got to number three. Would have been the first song uh, to go to number one, three different versions. Moving on, uh, the third song to do this feat came in two versions in 1961 and 1975. Uh, We also got a little remix taste of it just last year, thanks to our friends Portugal, the man, who sort of uh, took it, twisted it for the basis of their hit song, Feel It Still. Oh, right. Please, Mr. Postman. The Carpenters did the newer versions. You're so good at the newer versions. We'll give the Carpenters away. Who did the original version? The Marvelettes. The Marvelettes. Before the Supremes, there were the Marvelettes, the first number one for the Tamla Motown group back in 1961.
getting a little closer to the present, so I've, I've got a feeling our man Gary knows what's going on. Uh, number four came in two versions in 1970 and in 1986. Keep it going with a 70s, 80s split. 1972, number one hit, 1987 as well. Oh, uh... Lean on me. Song's called Lean on Me. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry you. Number six is one of the songs that we heard to start off the segment. Uh, talking Kim Wilde, you keep me hanging on. If Gary was paying attention earlier, he got the right answer. But this is a, probably the most probably the most famous one on the list, give or take. Who did the original version of "You Keep Me Hanging On"? After the Marvelettes, it was that's the Supremes. That's the Supremes. Uh, we heard Kim's version earlier, but now here is the Supremes and Kim uh, doing the song in a duet of sorts. keep going we got three more uh talking a 1966 soul classic redone uh by another sort of big voice balladeer in 1991 hit back in the 60s oh somebody revived it in the 90s yep michael bolton did the cover of when a man loves a woman originally by percy sledge that's it gary that was well now you're in my area 10 out of 10 1991 Now we know Gary's gonna get his 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 favorite fandom card revoked when he does not know the answer to this one. 1970, there was a number one hit as done by five people in 1992. It only took well, it took two, but I guess only one got the credit right. for it. Another big remake, prop. Okay, I said I know I said you keep me hanging on was probably the most famous one but this by far has to actually supersede that all right that uh, works for me uh, i'll be there originally jacks five all right was hot at the time put them together get us number one And the last one, uh, just to wrap it all up, the song that we introduced the segment with, Lady Marmalade, originally done by LaBelle, that includes Patty back in 1975, and Christina, Little Kim, Maya, Pink back in 2001. So 2001, the last year that we've ever seen a number one song be covered and go back to the top of the chart.
Missy Elliott, of course, is in there, but since you uh, called them the Beatles, I guess she was the uh, the George Martin uh, of the group. She, the George Martin, the Stu Sutcliffe. Yeah, you know, take your pick. All right, so you know, going forward, I don't know that we'll see remakes of number one hits, uh, straight out remakes that maybe more samples because they're just kind of in a different time now. I feel like ever since uh, YouTube came along, it, that's kind of where anyone can make uh, their own remake and. Uh, artists don't tend to really put out remakes as much and uh, American Idol, The Voice, those kind of shows, that's where covers seem to live now. It's just, it's more rare to put out a remake as a single at this point. So enjoy these nine, is what we're saying. That's that's right. <laughs> that's right. There may not be a 10th. Well, it's already been, what, uh, 17 years now since the last one. Yeah. I mean, talking about the samples, uh, last year, Taylor Swift worked in I'm Too Sexy by Red Said Fred with both number one hits but that's kind of where you see it now she didn't do a straight remake of that song she found a way so uh, yeah people are more maybe in some ways more creative with technology kind of see it that way now instead of uh, the full remix so maybe sampling is just sort of the natural progression from from straight up covers into a homages and reworkings and uh, you know, with so many hip hop hits now being number one in the Hot 100 it's not really a major part of hip-hop remakes because it's so much built on lyrics and and rappers personal viewpoints you don't get a lot of remakes so it's not like uh it wouldn't really make sense for someone to remake nice for what 20 years from now would it no i mean like yeah for an art form that's obviously really based on on you having a hand in it your experiences certainly your own writing you right. know how much flack people get for ghost writers and and such i mean can you imagine somebody trying to come out and cover you know my name is by Eminem or <laughs> it would just be such a weird a weird choice that uh yeah it'd be uh, maybe, uh, unforgivable almost alright uh, that's uh, this week's Billboard Therapy Podcast we'll talk to you next week uh, charts wise we're saying will Drake uh, pass Michael Jackson in the race for a most number one weeks uh Will Drake at his 38th week at number one, passing Michael Jackson, moving closer to Usher, a 47, the record among male artists. Uh, I don't think we mentioned uh, Mariah has the overall record, 79 weeks at number one for Mariah. So I was little ways to go. I was going to say, I, yeah, it was, I, I don't think we brought it up either. And yeah, it's like Drake's not even halfway there in yeah. terms of overall. So shout out to Mariah, of course. I'm sure the lambs will... Uh, Wave that flag proudly. Uh, Maroon 5 debuted this week on the Hot 100 number 94 with Girls Like You. If you haven't seen that video, it has uh, kind of every uh, woman who's uh, big in pop culture right now makes a cameo in it. Uh, number one on iTunes uh, through the week. So looks like it'll have a pretty good jump next week on the Hot 100. Yeah, I mean, it's, it should be selling well. Of course, the video and, and, and the song has Cardi B in it. So should be another smash hit in Cardi B's future. Maybe another top 10. And uh, one more thing on, on the top 10 radar to look out for. Um, a new artist breaking through a uh, guy named juice world the song lucid dreams making a huge jump up the chart this week 35 to 15 as with most hip-hop songs driven by a huge amount of streaming uh number one on soundcloud so if you're you know looking at maybe where some new breakouts might come from he is definitely a good good bet is there a juice world challenge who can drink the most juice Gary, so Gary, so PG, it's is it's, the, it's, it's adorable, is that isn't the it? Poppiest question I could ever ask. Let me say something. If you didn't, if you had no sort of image of Gary, no, no, you know, not sure what he was like, whatever. That answer just filled in all the blanks. Gary is exactly that. I don't know. You know, you got the rake it up challenge started last year. Apparently, well, Gary called that that rake it up video with Nicki Minaj and Yo Gotti as them raking up, right? You know, so so maybe he's onto something. 
Uh, Kanye West also going to debut at number one, it looks like, on the Billboard 200 next week. So uh, maybe uh, some of those songs will do something on the Hot 100. We'll, uh, we'll uh, cover that, too. And, oh, we're flashing back uh, next week. Uh, Trevor, we haven't done one of these uh, countdowns in a while. We're going to go back, I guess, to a year before you were born. 1990, uh, the top 20 hits on the Billboard Hot 100 in June uh, 1990, June 16th, that uh, year, uh, with special guest. Uh, really excited about this. Uh, Pierre Gessel of Roxette had one of the biggest hits Maybe the biggest. We'll find out next week. Uh, at that time, it must have been love. So we're going to talk to Pierre Gessel of Roxette, get some great backstory on it must have been love and and so much more. So that's uh, coming up next week, the top 20, uh, June 1990. And of course, as always, we welcome any questions, comments. You can let us know what you think. Give us a ring on our Chartbeat Podcast hotline at 212-493-4021. Get it? That's 212-493-4021. Sounds so much better when it's sung. Ooh, you better call the Charpeat Hotline. 212-493-421. Uh, oh, so you mentioned before, uh, Trevor, talking about uh, Kim Wilde with You Keep Me Hanging On. Number one this week in 1987. Uh, she's back on the Billboard charts this week for the first time in 25 years. Uh, she has a new song on the Dance Club Songs chart called Candy Crush. Debuts her first chart hit since 1993. Close with that. Candy Crush. A couple years late to, okay. to, to cash in on that Facebook fame. She spells it with K's, not C's, for Candy Crush, so I guess she doesn't have to pay royalties to the to the game. Ah, uh, Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg loses again. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.